Hey everybody, welcome back to The Boy in the Beard, season two. What episode is this? Man, uh, four, four? Maybe four? We had uh, B. Brody in our last episode, and we're excited today because I've got Jeremy Weatherford in the studio. Jeremy, I've known you for a while. Um, it has been a minute. When you were at the other location, mm -hmm. you and I spoke a couple times, and then seeing each other downtown and at mm -hmm. the Cappy event when you're one of the judges there. Oh. <laughs> that's that's coming up this yes. soon in a couple months. Yes, I will be there again. Excellent. That's mm -hmm. always fun. And Tony's it's gonna be Tony's first time at that event. So hearing him and your rebuttals and your jokes and yeah. then how the crowd reacts to you, I'm excited for him to see that interaction. I'm looking forward to it. Are you gonna be a judge? Uh, not a judge, but he and mm -hmm. I are gonna be recording as we have. In oh, the past. nice. Okay. So we get to nice. see both the rehearsal and the actual two deal. Oh. Cool. So we'll be streaming it and recording it as we have in the last couple of years. That is a lot to try and undertake. It is. It <laughs> is. Uh, first year was challenging. Second year got a little bit better. Mm -hmm. This year, now that I have help, is even is, is, is going to be smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I have no awesome. issues. Uh, no concerns. So you own Sugar Bell. That's right. How long has Sugar Bell been in business? This will be our tenth year. Ten years. Um, uh, December twenty eighth is the official. So right around day the corner. The tenth year. That's exciting. Huge milestone, especially for a small business. It, it like it, it's hard for me to even imagine that. Yeah. I don't know where the time has gone. It's like like your kids. Your kids are yes. It's yes. exact same way. I mean, absolutely. The, you nurture the business, and the business changes from what you began it to be, and where it's at now is probably not where you expected it to be. I had no idea. I um, my days in Port Royal. Yeah. I think that was like four hundred and fifty square feet, maybe. Ooh. Um. It's funny yeah. to look back. I didn't think that Sugar Bell would actually succeed. I didn't plan for it to succeed. I put some money into it that I, and I told my husband, I was like, look, um, because I am sort of a financial minded person, I said, I'm gonna do this. I'm not going to worry. This is some money that I have saved up for a long time. It's a little fun money, you know, no big deal. If I lose it, that's it. I told him I wouldn't take any money from the family, no money from anything, and I didn't. And so Sugar Bell was started with um, just under $6,000. Wow. Wow. So I didn't know you were in Port Royal. For, where were you at in Port Royal? I was right beside Agave. Really? Um, in the little, sh we always call it the oh, shoebox. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Where um, Lotus, Lotus, Lotus came after there. me, right? Yeah. Okay, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. So when I met you, you were downtown on Well North, because we did the sign for you at Felber Design before I bought David Felber. Oh, that's right. He and I had yes. done your oval uh, sandwich board, I believe, and some yes. window liner or something like mm -hmm. that. So um, that's funny, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was there um, for a year, okay. and then we, we I realized um, that was not going to work. Yeah. Um, it's funny though, I look back and I remember the days of, I had to steam and unpack clothes half in, building and half out because there just wasn't enough room <laughs> and I didn't know any better you yeah, know? yeah of course. I didn't I didn't know any better location make is, is huge and what kills me is when so there's a business in town and they have a, a, one location and they don't make it somebody yeah. moves right in granted it could be operationally it could be a lot of other things but my experience is location and if it's a destination you have to physically go there you're not just going to pass by right. oh, let me run into here where so mm -hmm. I think the uh, obviously where you're at now is ideal the foot traffic is phenomenal uh, where you were at before in, in north uh, downtown or uptown rather mm -hmm. 
It's a good location. I mean, you're right around the corner. Yeah. It was right there. So visually, you had a lot of eyeballs on you. And right. Again, a destination, but I think presence and, and people seeing you mm -hmm. and your involvement in the community alone yeah. is, uh, is, is great. That was probably, um, I will say this though, there are some wonderful things about not having any idea what you're doing. Um, I didn't think about all that. I moved into a building that didn't have an entrance. <laughs> I mean, on the list of uh, brilliant small business decisions, that's not one of them. Right. Um, we had to drive through, my customers had to drive through Hardee's to get to my building which was um, a lot of fun. But again, I didn't know any better. Yeah. And having that store right there, um, I still, out of all the, the different locations, even though it goes against every single thing that anybody would tell you, that was a great location. Right. I mean, we, we killed it. Yeah. It was, the, it was the springboard for us. Yeah, for sure. And that's, mm -hmm. in hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, it's funny how that works. So you had no entrance. So Agave sits here. So that little cut through, obviously you're talking about going behind Hardy's running mm -hmm. that little, what would be the exit now? Yes. So that little off of uh, Rebo was not there. Um, it was, I don't remember exactly what the situation was. It was, maybe it was pulling out or something. It. It's so funny. I don't remember, yeah. but I do remember our customers driving through, through Hardy's. Hardy's. Yeah. And it might have been because of the traffic yeah. or, you know, that red light with yeah. all of the congestion yeah, right yeah, there. For sure. I don't remember. I just yeah. remember that that's where we would go through. And that's a constant, I mean, that constitutes you as, as a brand or as a person that people wanted to shop and then make whatever efforts it is to come mm -hmm. see you. Mm -hmm. So that, that's fantastic. So I guess right then you knew. I did. Yeah. I was just coming off, at that time, I was just coming off of um, probably the highest of highs in the real estate career. Um, I had pretty much done everything that you could do right. in, in real estate. I had, um, I had nothing left to prove, I guess. Um, and so we were on an airplane, my husband and I, we were going home to my family and I, I just looked at him. And I think anybody that has ever been in a career um, and taken it as far as you can take it, burnout is usually right around the corner. Yep. And I looked at him and I said, I'm tired. And not, not the kind of tired that you get from being up all day, but that gut, that bone, I'm tired, yeah. you know. Um, and I said, I'm going to take a year off. Now, at the time, um, again, I was really at the top of my game yeah. in real estate, and nobody, nobody, including um, my husband, saw that coming. Um, but being the person he is, he looked right at me and he said, okay, um, I am the last person in the world to start a women's clothing store. I'm a tomboy. I always have been. Um, so when I told him that's what I was going to do, of all the things I've done to give him reason to look at me like I have two heads, it was that one that yeah. caught him so off guard. He looked at me and he said, women's clothing. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And actually, that was Thanksgiving, and not even a month later is when wow. we opened up. That's insane. It was right around that time. So that had to be 2011, Thanksgiving 2011, you approached him. The end, yes, him. the end. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. That is. Um, obviously, the competition in town is 
more competitive. There are more, <laughs> as I think it's funny how that works because I think you and I are pioneers in the sense that you were the you were one of the first ones here two, 10 years ago and we're yeah. going on seven years yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other people that have popped up and we've seen them come and go. So it's funny how you overcame all those, it's the fact that you're still here 10 years later. The longevity. And the longevity mm-hmm. of your business and the fact that people, you know, have come up around you and they're no longer here. And most small businesses really come and go quick, quick. It's like three Especially years. Especially in this climate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of obstacles that I don't think people on the outside understand from property tax, personal taxes, employee tax, self-employment mm-hmm. tax. And then. State tax, sales tax. The everyday stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know. For the first time in 10 years, um, Sugar Bell has staffing issues. We have, you know, it's just the little things. Now we're experiencing um, delayed shipping and yeah. costs are going through the roof. And so that's new. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. The downtown community, um, the other boutiques, I actually think it's great. Um, I believe that the more of us, nobody's going to get out and go shopping unless they have a few options. Correct. And so I'm actually excited when I see a new yeah. bu- boutique come. I think the years of me worrying, you know, how's this going to affect my business, that's gone. Um, I, I don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, it's not an issue for me anymore. Well, that alone is probably a huge relief. It you know, is. Because the worry from day-to-day yeah. operations and are we going to be busy today? And you know, yeah. Obviously, your worry has shifted to now probably staffing yes. and cost control and profit or mm-hmm. do you do you raise your prices to combat you know the coming prices and what that's going to do for your clientele mm-hmm. are they going to be upset you know so and that's what sugar bell has always done well i think that starting out um again i was coming from real estate i was comfortable um in that arena i could walk into any room and talk about anything um, I didn't question myself. I never got nervous. Um, whatever question they asked, I could answer. And then here I go. Um, and at the time, it was so funny. Um, when I was getting into it, the big subject at the time is retail's dead. The same way that I got into real estate. When I jumped into real estate, real estate was dead. It was, you know, around that mark where, I mean, it was so common. There were more foreclosures than there were anything else. Right, because we're coming out of that 2008. Exactly. So I, I don't know why I chase red flags, um, I but I do. challenge? Ugh, maybe. Or maybe I just didn't pay attention. It could be that. It's yeah. Like, I mean, some, you know, the whole, the whole saying, uh, ignorance is bliss. And yes. If, oh, it is. Even, it is. Like at the beginning, you didn't worry about those details. Yeah. You weren't already disheartened before you even started. Oh, I was it. clueless. Yeah. I was absolutely. Yeah. And the thing that I did, which I think you probably help people with every single day, is I turn to social media. And I am not, as funny as it is, I live a very public life, but I have a tendency to prefer um, to stay behind the scenes. And it was so funny whenever we started Sugar Bell or when I started, I, I let people in. And it was extremely uncomfortable for me. Um, I filmed it all. I filmed it all. And people resonate with that mm-hmm. personal side of mm-hmm. your business because it is your business and it reflects you as a person. Yeah. And that's tough for a lot of people. They followed. They followed the story. Yeah. And I I was so honest yeah. in the fact that I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. 
I mean, I told them all, I was like, y'all, I don't know what I'm doing. I was dumpster diving for furniture. I was, I mean, I had no idea. I didn't even know how to run my point of sale. I figured it out. Yeah. Opening day. <laughs> but, you know, so it is, there is something so beautiful about telling people that you're clueless. Yeah. I think that people open businesses with the facade of being an expert. Oh yeah, for sure. It's not necessary. Yeah, no, not at all. Especially not in, in this in this day and age that we live in, even 10 years ago, with the amount of technology or information that's available, that there's a lot of OJT whenever you're doing things, fake it till you make it kind of a scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might um, as well be transparent because there's just so much information. You can't information. hide it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're all human. And the fact that if they see you succeed making mistakes, then it just allows them and makes them realize that they can succeed as well. And with social media, everybody always shows the great side of things. And, and you, your feed is all these guys with cars or all this equipment or, or whatever have yeah. you. And, it, and that's where the depression and the anxiety comes in because you're not as good as that person. Or why, why are they getting that and I'm not? Yeah. You know, you can't be that way. And I do believe, I do believe that that was the foundation of Sugar Bell. Yeah. The fact that I, I had nothing to lose. I could walk right back into my real estate career as if I never left. And so it wasn't, I didn't have the financial stress, which I can imagine changes everything. Um, I absolutely refused to get a loan. I refused to use a credit card. Um, So everything in that first building, from the shelves that I built to the furniture that I literally got out of a dumpster, I went into it thinking that it was all going to fail. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was funny. It was this project. I mean, it was funny because at the time I was doing um, the development side of real estate, new construction. So I spent my days um, mostly with men yeah. and, you know, in work boots and construction sites. And so to, to let the world know, hey, y'all, guess what? I'm going to be selling dresses. Um, it, was, it was funny. Yeah. People were like, you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Questioning whether or not. Uh, and Kelly and I were talking last night, I think, about that. Yeah, so when SK started, and I've never told the story, ironically enough, he's never heard it either. So in 2014, when I left Sonic Drive-In, I was with him for 23 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of those, again, burnout, you were tired. Mm-hmm. 23 years. And in the last 10, 12 years, you know, 60, 70 hours a week working for somebody else. Yeah. 14 stores, 14 managers, 28 assistant managers, X amount of employees, all problems, right? So I left in 2014 and I was like, we're going to start, I want to start SK. What is SK? You know, it was, we're going to do social media management. So I left making decent money to making 1200 bucks a month working for David, X amount of, whatever, five days a week. Mm -hmm. I sold a Rolex and my Sonic stock to start SK. And uh, I had forgotten about that. I get, I don't know, I mean, I had a 1972 Steve McQueen Rolex. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I sold that and then sold my Sonic stock and we, that gave us some little bit of cushion money of course. so I could afford to do the 1200 $1,400, whatever that, that money was. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's funny to see that growth and how life is not what you expect it to be. In any 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 facet mm-hmm. of it, so you'd probably pick SK over that Rolex nowadays, huh? I would, Isn't I would definitely, funny? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And what got me on that? We were watching a TikTok with um, one of the Shark Tank gentlemen, yeah. 
and he had so he was talking to a tech guy and he was wearing an eye watch and he said you know that's that's uh, consumer pro consumer a piece of electronic he said you wearing that saying you're 20 percent off yeah you know, and reading the comments his watch collections up 100 percent over the last three years or whatever that is um, so it's just funny how we're all that. well no i think we forget to yeah um just talking now like all these bits and pieces are coming back yeah. because the stressors the couple of weeks before opening because i do i'm unable mm -hmm. to make a decision and then not um, put it into action as quickly as i can um, once i make up my mind um, it's it's going to be done yeah. right wrong ugly it doesn't matter it's yeah. going to be done yeah. and i ran so fast towards it i and the funny thing is at the time i didn't tell a soul I told no one. And I've always told the girls that I work with, I'm like, the worst thing you can do is share your dreams. Um, dreams are not open for interpretation of anybody else. It's not, they're not allowed to yeah. give you input. Um, it's not something they would ever understand. Because they're going to question it, and therefore it's going to make you second yep. guess, why am I, are they right? Is that going to yes. happen? Yes, there's no time for so that. So it's for you, you have to to make that decision mm -hmm. and, and fail or succeed. Yeah, so I tell the girls, I'm like, keep your head down. If there's something you're working towards, don't tell anybody, It's just don't. Um, keep your head down and just do it. And that's what I did with Sugar Bell. And I do look back and I, I, I have to giggle at all the just horrendous, horrendous mistakes I made. Um, but it made you a better person today. It did, and I do believe it made me more relatable. Um, I've always been, I, I would like to think, fairly relatable, but it made me more relatable because the, y'all, I mean, from the plumbing exploding oh. into the floor, wow. um, it was just one thing after another. And had I had any experience whatsoever, I could have intervened um, before. But right. I, I just didn't know. Yeah. I woke up every day and was like, ooh, what now? Um, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. And it was, I think that at that time, um, that's what we needed. Yeah. And just like all women, most women, when you are down and just blah, you can do two things. You can cut your hair, ill-advised, or you get a project. And I looked at him and I said, I need a project. Yeah, take your mind off of. I needed a project. And so, and that was something, you know, again, we didn't tell. Right. We kept it very quiet. Yeah. It's nobody's business. Exactly right. And opening day, he brought me a cup of coffee. I'm a coffee fiend. And he set it down on the register, the counter, and my stomach turned in a way I had never felt. He and I looked at each other and I was like, no, you know, because we had experienced. Um, and so I kind of played it off and I was like, I'm just nervous, right? Opening day. Well, that lasted about four minutes and then I literally ran to CVS. I think, is that CVS now? Yeah. It was Walgreens. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I ran and got all the pregnancy tests, um, <laughs> all of them. I found out I was pregnant opening, opening day. day while in the very small bathroom of my business. Wow. 
So right before I opened the doors, and we had a line. We had one of the longest lines I've ever had at Sugar Bell. And I was like, hey. <laughs> wow, I can't even imagine. They yeah. probably thought you just went and pounded that coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. And, um, you know, Reed was in pretty much in shock. So yeah. Oh, I can imagine. It was, um, yeah, so that's that was opening day. Wow. And so two things were, were born, in a way, on that day. Your business, and then obviously the knowledge of yeah. So that's that's, that's crazy. a great story. Yeah, because a lot of time, I mean, I'm sure most women know they have that story of when they found out they were pregnant. Uh, but to to coincide that with the opening of your of your business is bittersweet. It is. Yeah. It's more intertwined, and I I found out how intertwined that was um, when Matthew was staring right at my business. So you were mentioning Matthew coming to town, and uh, how, how did that affect you? I think that was the point, because I was still, still at that time with Sugar Bell. It was always in the back of my mind, you know, if, if I can't sustain it, I'll just close it, because I didn't know anyone. I'll just close it. Um, so that was always, I always had my foot, at least one foot out the door, because I was, I knew it's, it's so odd. Real estate isn't necessarily my passion, but figuring it out is. And I've always been very good at it. So I always knew in the back of my mind, uh, you know, I'll do this for a little while. It's fun. I'm having a good time. As soon as I'm not having a good time, I'll close it. Um, but when Hurricane Matthew was coming to Beaufort, the actual projected path <laughs> was about a hundred feet from my business. Um, there on the corner, the you know Bell and Me curve, and I at Sugar Bell we could stand at the door and look out into the Beaufort River. And I remember looking out that door, going, "You have got to be kidding me!" Because all the time that I'd spent in real estate, we hadn't had a hurricane. Right. We had a long stint where there was. I mean. I had forgotten, you know, because I'm from Mississippi, and we were devastated by Katrina. So I had absolutely forgotten about that. And then to see, look out my door and realize that it was staring right at my business, packing up everything, doing, and it's so funny, I knew none of that was going to help. No. I knew it, but I had to try. Yeah. And coming home to that, having, there were so many kind, firemen, policemen, nurses, you know, people who stayed behind were giving me updates. They were sending them to me, which probably, I mean, I, I'll just never forget that night. Right. They sent me a picture and the pigeon point sign was about this far from where the water was. And my business was right there. Right there. And so I fully expected to come home to nothing. And so that's when I started realizing how much it meant that maybe, maybe I wasn't really going to close it. And maybe that was, yes, maybe that was like a coping mechanism because I can't accept failure. Right. Ooh, that's, so that's, I kept my foot out the door just in case. You can that's, only go 95% in. Yeah. Not being able to accept failure resonates 1,000% with me, especially in a small town. Failure in a small town is not an option. No. I don't even understand that word. 
I try. That's one of my motivators. Yeah. Is to try harder and to work as hard as I do. Twofold. One, to help with keeping my mind where it needs to be. Yeah. And uh, and then succeeding. There's and, just you know, no other option. I don't, I don't feel like there's an option. No. There's not. No. And that really, I always knew that I wasn't going to let it fail. But in order to save face, I always said it was okay if it did until Matthew. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, this is not happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. This is not happening. So did what changed for you from, let's say, from a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, how going forward after that, what changed for Sugar Bell? How did you adjust or did you adjust? I've never, I've never thought about that. Did anything change? I mean, did, did your business plan change or did you just keep doing what you were doing? I think the only thing changed, the business model has pretty much been the same from day one. Yeah. Um, I just added stuff to it as I learned. Um, I think the biggest change was the amount of fear that I had of failing because I learned during Matthew not only what it meant to me, but what it meant to an entire army of women. Yeah. I had no, I knew we had a loyal following. I knew they had always been so kind. I had no idea. Yeah. There were women, and I, I laugh about it, like I, I remember it, one in particular. She, um, she was living in Walterboro at the time. As soon as we were able to get back in, I look up I see her running down Boundary Street in rain boots, holding towels over her head. And she's like, I'm coming, Jeremy, I'm coming. And I think I had actually met this person maybe twice. Wow. I had women and men showing up from everywhere. They were ready, yeah. whatever they had to do. Wow. And it was such a special time um, in Beaufort because we, we all looked at each other a little differently. Yeah. And we didn't have power. So for about a week, um, I set up, we had coffee, um, because I, I'm fortunate that I'm very connected, both through real estate and other avenues. I'm just, I'm lucky. And I called some people and I was like, hey, these guys are tired, talking about the linemen and um, policemen. I said, they're exhausted. And so I set up a table in our parking lot and we served um, coffee because that was really all we could do. Yeah. And then when the internet came back on, at this point, I mean, the focus in Beaufort was just fixing your house. It was a very difficult time. And so what I did is I, I knew nobody was gonna shop. I felt guilty and absolutely selfish to even think that, you know? Yeah. And so to pick up as if it was normal, I couldn't. Right. I couldn't. And so I really thought, what can I do? There's got to be something, right? So I set my dressing rooms up as offices. We had, I would tell people, come charge your phone. Do what you need to do. Um, a lot of people didn't even have water. I would tell moms, come, I've got water. It's cold, but I've got it. Um, and that's, that was another kickoff point for Sugar Bell when people did realize that, hey, 
you know, she means what she says. Yeah, exactly right. Mm -hmm. Being, I mean, that's, it was interesting. And I, and I remember that. Obviously, I remember Matthew. And what year was this, Matthew? 17. 17. Okay. Yeah. So got it. 17, yeah. yeah. Um, for us, we always stay behind twofold. One, because we handle the social in, for the town yeah. and the city. And at that point, Bertoff had us helping with the fire department and Mayor Billy, so we really had all these avenues of information, so it was consistent. So there was no false information coming in. Uh, but I do remember that and then how much you played. And it, it's it's kind of a leading force for us. So with our Christmas giving trees that we're giving away, we take volunteers for Thanksgiving dinner and we give away food like that. I think that's you have to do that. For a couple of reasons. One, if you have the ability to do it, why not? Don't be stingy. And if we can help make one person <clears throat> their life a little bit better, whatever that is, it may be small to you, but to them, it's it's the whole world. Absolutely. So, I think seeing you do things like that, and you know, Kelly and I talk, and we we're like, well, once we get to where we can financially make those decisions and do that, then that's kind of where we're, where we're at now, obviously. But that's a huge compliment that's oh, huge yeah. Yeah, you could have opened huge. up and made everything 75 percent off you know just completely abused the city one the fact that yeah, you were one of the only nope, oh matter of fact you, you know I, and i'd forgotten you know you do forget yeah. but what you said um we actually took a lot of our clothing because there were there were people in Buford who lost everything. Mm -hmm. You know, they couldn't get into their homes or their all their stuff had been flooded. So we had a little network and there were a, a few families um, that had nothing. Yeah. And so we just bagged up clothes and we took it to them. Um, but going back to that point, that is again, that's one of those foundations of Sugar Bell. I've always thought it was odd um, to hear small businesses constantly say shop small you know shop local how could you dare shop with a franchise you know why are you amazon prime and everything well what are you doing for the consumer right and so now if i decide to say hey y'all you need to shop local i can say it because i give local oh one thousand percent yes i yeah We've had a couple instances with that where somebody's come to us about pricing. And obviously, a small business can't compete with online. So let's talk from a sign shop standpoint. I don't mass produce yard signs. I don't buy in large quantity and bulk of, of, of substrates. So for me, there's a little bit more cost involved. So therefore, my price is going to be a little bit higher. And we've had somebody come to us and, and they preach shop small and then we gave them a price and they couldn't do it. So they shopped online. And uh, we, uh, it's kind of an inside joke that mm -hmm. he and I have every time we see them. Because they come person. back to you. Well, we see them all the time. Yeah. We're pretty involved yeah. with them, ironically. And, yeah. and they didn't realize that. happened that. after the fact. That's yeah. the irony. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because at the time, he didn't. they didn't know our role and what they were going to be when they came. Um, we gave away Buford Strong decals that year. I don't remember how many. I mean, I was just in here days just printing and cutting. And then people come to pick them up or whatever we did. And every now and again, I'll still see one sitting mm -hmm. on the back of a car. And it, and it flutters. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, of yeah. course, yeah. Because, and what's weird, because we understand living in a coastal community, how in the blink of an eye, your life has completely changed. What is nice and sunny today, tomorrow could be trees down, no electricity, no water. Uh, so knock on wood, it hasn't experienced when he's been here. And hopefully mm -hmm. going forward, it's not going to be, we don't have anything yeah. like that. But. Yeah. It's going to happen. I mean, it's inevitable. Whether or not when, we don't know. But it's so surreal 
to be sitting here one day and then the next day <clears throat> all hell broke loose it's like society is on pause for oh literally yeah oh yeah, like yeah whatever the... plans you had are, are, yeah. are done and and you know all the little stuff that seemed big four days ago is now just yeah. nothing yeah i'd imagine it was, yeah that was like the tornado is the only little taste of that we, we've gotten here oh, otherwise yeah. it's been relatively thankfully yeah pretty pretty even like a mild summer and a mild winter mm-hmm. yeah so I'm it is matthew was in my eyes, the great equalizer. It knocked us all down, all of us. It took us away from that fairy tale of living in Beaufort that we had gotten comfortable with. It took us away from watching everybody else have hurricanes because so many people would come to Beaufort um, for shelter during so many types of hurricanes. And we found ourselves looking for shelter. And I think that that knocked us down a notch. And I'm think, I think we needed it. Oh, I think so too. It's 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 humbling. Mm-hmm. It puts, Absolutely, it's a reality snap that you know life is fragile. Oh yeah, your business is fragile, and, and so on and so forth. And so. also, I think we're a little bit kinder now. Oh, I agree. To As those, to those people running away from a storm, yeah. we finally get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if we jump into COVID, oh, I know that's that's been rough for everybody, but you came out of it. You survived again. What did you do during COVID? How how did you move or maneuver or what did you do? Now that was a doozy. Yeah. Um, Sean, that was like, it was like a hurricane that was coming and we didn't know how long it would be there. It changed everything, fundamentally for everyone. That was another one of those times where I was like, here we go. This, this may be it, you know, yeah. this may be it. And it wasn't. You know, we figured it out. What we did is going into it, I, I didn't have an answer. I had a website, I've always had a website and the funny thing about that is, I get asked all the time, you know, why don't you do this to push your website? Why don't you do that to push your website? It was never my intentions to be an online store. I could, I could do that in two days. It was never my intention. It's not my favorite. I like the relationship that I have with my customers. I like being part of the actual community. And an online store is just faceless. There is no difference between me and Amazon. And I don't like it. So that time, I think we were all, we were living in sort of that weird phase where we questioned it. The the validity of it. Absolutely, we questioned it. I don't know, I don't know at the time anyone that didn't. Yeah. Because we didn't understand. There had been, in our lifetime, there had been ne- never been anything like that. Right. And I don't think, I don't think it was a political thing. I don't think it was a science thing for us at that time. I think our brains could not process. They couldn't. Human beings are good at coping, that's yes. for sure, yeah. And I, I believe that's what we all did. Yeah. You know, that uh, we had gone back to Fairytale Beaufort. That only happens in New York. Yeah, exactly right. You know? Exactly. 
And so I am the first to admit I was in a bit of denial. Um, I was in denial until things started shutting down. Because what happened is a lot of my um, designers are in New York. People, these people I talk to every day. Um, I've been going to New York close to every other month for almost 10 years. I know these people, like really know them. And talking to them, I started hearing something in their voice that I was not accustomed to. I started hearing different sides and just the fear, the absolute fear. So that started it. Um, and just like any business owner, when you know something's coming, you scramble. It's all about how can I keep my employees? How can I keep the doors open? What am I going to do with the inventory I've got? Yeah. So thankfully, that website that I hated so much um, was fully functional. And in 24 hours, I changed my entire store into a warehouse. I put every single thing we had. And at that time, there was all, probably about 15% of what we had that was actually online. Mm. And I say I. It was three of us. We did it in 24 hours. Wow. And these are people, they had their own lives. Right. They had their own fears. Yet they were there. They stood by me, and we got it done. And the biggest just incredible thing, maybe the most incredible thing that's ever happened at Sugar Bell was, I don't even remember how it started. I don't remember how it started. I came across something that I had seen. It was an artist, but she was in Italy. And when I saw it, I had chills all over my body. And she was in the part of Italy that had just been devastated. And I just happened to see a painting of hers. And I contacted her. And a friendship began that I never saw coming. Um, the time difference, you know, I mean, I would be up all hours of the night talking to her. Um, her English was pretty broken, but we were able to, to do it. And so I asked her because I knew at the time they couldn't leave their apartment. Their entire family was in this extremely small apartment, but her artwork was just so amazing to me. And I don't know why that one picture just got me, probably because one of my best friends is an ER doc. Um, a lot of my customers are ER nurses, and my heart hurt for them because they, they experienced it far before any of us, yeah. and they were tired. Tired, tired, you know. Yeah, physically and emotionally. Yes, and, and they were, they were just, even. they had nothing left, but they got up every day and they found yeah. something. Um, and this photo, I'm, you may have seen it. It was, it was an, a painting, but when I contacted her, I said, I, this is a shot in the dark. I want to use your painting. I want to pay you to use it. And that was, I don't really know how to explain how we connected in that way. Right. But she said, people have taken my photo or taken photo of my art and they're using it. Wow. Why are you calling? And I was like, 
because it's beautiful yeah. and it's yours. That's why I'm calling. Um, and I asked her for the rights. And I paid her, I think at the time it was like $500 for the rights because she wouldn't tell me a price. Yeah. And so we had to go through all these channels to get the money at the time. Yeah. Um, and she sent it to me. And she sent me a file, but she signed it. I put it on T-shirts. It was um, it was a female nurse, and the story that Sarah told me, um, that's the artist, that she had been looking out of her window, and she saw a female doctor literally stop in the middle of the road, put on her um, mask and gloves to try to save someone. And when she looked down, that nurse, I mean that doctor, had the Superman shirt on. And that's where she was inspired to paint. And so she painted that doctor. So when I saw it, it just, it spoke to everything yeah. that my friends around me were feeling. And so I, I, I put it on a t-shirt. I was gonna give it, I was gonna give it to my ER doc friend. Yeah. The next day, LSU called me. <laughs> the day after that, Tulane called. The day after that, a physician's Facebook group, it was trauma docs from all over the country. Yeah. They said, what do we have to do to get it? Next thing I know, I am shipping 200, 300, just to Tulane, I did 400 of these t-shirts. My business was saved by a t-shirt. By a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Now, so, did you give her any additional funds? I did. I, Absolutely, <laughs> I did. I had a feeling. I figured you did. Absolutely, yeah, I did. That's and I we talked. Yeah. We talked all the time. Um, you know, I, I would send her pictures. And I'm like, look. Yeah. Look at this. That's huge. Yeah, I said, look at what you did. Yeah. Now, it did go on, and a lot of people, and I went through that heartbreak with her. A lot of people were stealing it. It was all over the Internet. Yeah. It was everywhere. But mine was legit. Yeah. That's, that was... There was a big shift. Not that there was a, wasn't already a focus on small business at the time or even restaurants and servers. Mm -hmm. A huge shift into supporting those small businesses and servers in local restaurants yeah. that I'd never seen before. And it, it's because we handle a couple uh, businesses here in that mm -hmm. same field. So it was great to see those and then they're their curbside service, yep. their online service, those that yep. didn't want to get on DoorDash or another to-go delivery jumped on that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So for them, and then they're still on there, so it's a, it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. It's another right. revenue source. And, of course, it's kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. Yeah. Kind of force everyone to get with the times. Definitely to get with the times. The Absolutely. So from yeah. Zoom alone. Oh, Zoom. Yeah. So oh, what's funny, too, is that. So <laughs> we actually generated some revenue from hosting Zooms. For HOAs that we've done, uh, the Bundys, and I actually got two more coming up, one this month, one next month that they want to do an annual one on. Yeah. How many hours of Zooms do you think that we facilitated? Oh my goodness. 500? It was ridiculous. I mean, it was insane that we were doing them so frequently. And we still um, stream for them, I mean, 12, 15 hours a month? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, so it's, it's just crazy. We have a lot of seat time handing with Zooms. Um, but for us, we turned that into a little bit of a revenue source as well. And um, I worked at a restaurant at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, and I yeah. was like, 
I actually made jokes about how I didn't have to use Zoom for anything. I didn't have to teleconference with anybody. We just had meetings for the restaurant. Yeah. And then um, I moved, and one of the first things that fell onto my plate was facilitating just like mass quantities of zoom and now people ask me questions about it like i'm a zoom it person so. and ironically enough we've got a zoom coming up next month but bundy management who yeah. wants him to go to the place beforehand so he can help make sure they're on par i was going into people's homes to help oh, yeah. them zoom for the book like yeah, a virtual that's amazing book sandwiched in yeah book sandwiched in we were outsourced to go in and he would go. He was vax. Uh, no, not at the time. They were yeah. because masked. of their age, yeah, but he was yeah, masked. Yeah. Um, went in there and handled that. So, yeah, we became the Zoom guys. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's so funny, but that's what makes us different. Yeah. That's why, even though all of those big name stores that went under, I mean, every day I woke up, I saw another one go under. Yeah. They were the ones that were taking business away from us. But the truth is, we survive no matter what because we are not so big to think we are invincible. We know what it's like to wake up and have the entire world change, um, especially those of us who've began from nothing. I mean, what are you going to do to us? We began with nothing. Yeah, exactly. You gonna take everything away? Yeah, yeah no big deal. Great story. T Pain. Yeah. So definitely. You know, he had his Bentley repossessed, mm-hmm. and he had somebody handle his money. So make sure you have somebody watching those. And he's been down that road and yeah. a multi-millionaire. To Nick Cage too squandered his entire <laughs> fortune so buying many. castles and fossils. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you know, COVID taught us so much about ourselves, about my business, about what I'm capable of. But I think it taught us how important our staff is. It taught us, quite frankly, we're nothing if we don't have that. And I've always been good to my girls, always. Um, But when I realized the things they were putting aside to come in, (laughs) um, but we were figuring out ways to get them in the building and they were still coming and they actually didn't want me to pay them. Wow. I paid them. Yeah, of course. I did not lose one person during COVID. I would not let that happen. And to tell you how amazing my customers are, one of them, actually there were several, but one of them I'll never forget, slid an envelope under the door of Sugar Bell with money that said, don't let those girls go. Wow. Oh, that's so good. I can, yeah, that's, I mean, it's huge. You've, you've got a great community following. Yeah. You take care of your internal guests as you do your external yeah. guests. And you, you have to, as any business, mm-hmm. you have to take care of your people. Now you have a great support structure we in do. the community. We're bonded. Yeah. Like we're all trauma bonded. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. We yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, that's we'll never word. forget. I, I don't know about you. I will never forget the people here and here through that. Yeah. No matter what. And even though at the time it was random, but those people, I will never be able to look back on this period and not think of them. So I don't know about you, but finding downtime is hard because I'm an overachiever. I like to work my tail off. And if I'm not working, I feel like I'm failing. It doesn't even, you know what I mean? I know. If I I'm, do know. If I'm not fully jam-packed, then something's wrong with my business. Right. If I, if I find myself with a day off, then I could be working on something else to do whatever. 
the I, it's a disease. <sighs> it is a it disease. It is a disease. It is a hundred percent. Yes. So when you do have a rare opportunity to sit down and, and watch a movie or a TV show, even what's let's say this: what's your go-to movie that you put on that makes you just kind of forget everything that's going on around you? I have a couple. Okay. But fried green tomatoes. Okay. Every good southern woman has that, by the way. Um. I love that one. Yeah. I can quote it word for word. Wow. And then still magnolias, of course, um, because they coming from Mississippi. Like it's, even though this is the South, it's not the South, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, for um, sure. So I, it makes me, just, even the twang in their voices yeah. or, the phrases they use, um, it feels like home. Yeah. So that's okay. those are my two. What part of Mississippi are you from? Brookhaven. Brookhaven. Where is that at in the state? <laughs> I usually say Jackson because that's usually the only place that people know of. Okay. Brookhaven is this beautiful um, farm town, okay. and it is teeny tiny. Um, yeah, Brookhaven. Tupelo comes to mind for me because when I was younger, obviously it's the birthplace of Elvis Presley. Yeah. But my grandmother, we, I lived in North Carolina. We would travel in her Cadillac. Yeah. From there to Tupelo to see her mother. Of course. At the time, so that resonates with me in Mississippi every time we go by there or, or whatever that is. And I was young. I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, are you watching anything on TV now? Do you have anything, any series that you're watching or? That's just the thing. People ask me all the time. It's a common misconception that I am um, a workaholic. I do like to work. It, I enjoy it, yeah. quite frankly. Um, don't necessarily watch a lot of TV. I will put on Seinfeld okay. in the background. Now that it's on Netflix, even. Oh, yes. I was happy, happy yeah. about that. Um, I'll put on Seinfeld and just let it play in the background. Maybe yeah. when I'm, you know, if I'm writing for the paper, yeah. if I'm, I'm cleaning house. Yeah. Um, but as far as like TV. Nothing. No. Mm -mm. Fair enough. That's, and, you know, it's, it's, there's so many opportunities. There's so many channels. There's so many. Subscription streaming services that yeah. are out there—it's overwhelming. It's almost, and you know, Kelly and I will sit down and we we're eating dinner last night, and we just threw. Well, there's a couple shows that we watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's her and I. It's our bonding time. Of course. Obviously, I've got a 19-year-old that lives upstairs in, in, the, uh, in the the house, the room yeah. above the garage, so she's mm -hmm. obsolete. She doesn't interact. Of course. In of course. My son's in Austin, Texas, so mm -hmm. it's just her and I and our two puppies for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of our our downtime, and yeah. then watching that. Um, what kind of music do you like? I like all music. Um, I'm often picked on about that. My playlist is the biggest hot mess. Um, so on one extreme, one of my all-time favorites and will forever be is Eminem. Um, he is one of the most talented writers in our generation. And I will always believe that. And I will listen to anything. And I can say it all. I try not to play it when my daughter's in the car. Yeah. Um, they don't have that on Kid Bops. No. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, he is um, and will always be one of my all-time favorites. And then um, Otis Redding, B.B. Okay. Um, King, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, have you ever heard of the Teske Brothers no. out of Australia? No. I'll look it up. Make though. a mental note. Mm -hmm. They've got two albums, uh, maybe more. Mm -hmm. 
Their latest albums, I mean, the last two that I know of are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They do not sound like they're Australian, first of all. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend them. Mm-hmm. Listen to I them. enjoy music. Yeah. Like you asked about TV. Yeah. I turn to music. Um, I play the piano. Okay. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Like, um, I don't have my piano here, which I miss. I always miss. Um, but anytime I can get a chance to sit down and play, everything goes quiet. Wow. And when you have the brain that I have, which is just, I, I hope no one can ever get in there because they would commit me yeah. instantly. Um, that's the only thing that shuts it off. Yeah. Music is very emotional. I mean, it mm-hmm. creates and evokes so much memory and, and everything. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous how it is. We used to do an exercise in Sonic before we'd have a manager meeting and yeah. then, you know, the owner would ask, you know, your hype music before you go to a drive-in, yeah. you know, play that music that gets you in that better mood. So, you know, just walk in, kick the door and start yeah. pointing fingers and complaining yeah. to everybody. Uh, so it definitely is a, is a set of mind, puts you in a mindset mm-hmm. that it's everything. When I miss home, when yeah. I'm homesick, um, because my, the, my grandmother owned a, a chain of several um, CD and album, well, it was albums at the time, um, record stores. So I grew up basically in a record store. I went from the farm to the record store. Um, and I was opened to so many type, or exposed to so many type of musics at the time, or music. And so what I prefer is just, it's odd. Yeah. Um, I love Merle Haggard. Um, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Willie Nelson. Right. Um, Maybe his ex-wife. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, I feel that. Yeah. Like, that's home to me. Um, Reba? Yes. But not as much. Because at the time, oh gosh, like, where all is this going to be? Um, at the time, uh, Reba just sounded kind of whiny to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and even then as a kid, I was like, why is she always whining? Yeah, for sure. um, Dolly Parton, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, you can. I mean, that is literally the soundtrack of most of us who grew up that way. Um, so I go from country. The only thing I, I haven't really found that I can relax to or that is anything that I enjoy is the really heavy metal. Um, yeah. That's not, like not my Metallica really heavy. Oh, no, I love but, Metallica. But, like, like Death Screaming. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Dan Zig and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, what any, are they doing? Any hair bands that you liked um, back in the uh, 80s and 90s? Let's see. Cinderella. Oh. Skid Row. Yeah. I think they had, like, two songs. Um, White, Sebastian Still. Who White, was the White, White something? White, yes, White Snake. White Snake. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Katane on the uh, I mean, Jaguars. Yes, yeah. now Guns N' Roses. Yep. I mean, of course. You know, the big ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like Kid Winger was one that was, yeah. you know, Cherry Pie, or even mm-hmm. the other guys that sang Cherry Pie. Mm-hmm. And it's funny listening to the lyrics now, it's like, oh, it was a little sketch. They were totally sketch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, Why, what, yeah. what are we complaining about, yeah. about the kids today? Yeah. I mean, we did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly right. There was just more hairspray. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
It was just a bigger fire hazard. That was the <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah oh exactly. my gosh. Yeah, I remember looking at when the first Poison record came out and those guys on the album cover, and you know, it was, it was probably 84, 85 yeah. when that came out, if not 85, 86. Um, Cinderella loves Cinderella. So, fun story, in 1988 or 89, mm-hmm. in Nuremberg, Germany, my stepdad took me to the Monsters of Rock concert, yeah. DOD, Purple Rat, Metallica, mm-hmm. and um, I was 15, mm-hmm. so that prime age. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I still remember it to this day, obviously. So it, mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me for he and I to uh, to take that concert. My um, dad took me to Aerosmith. Oh yeah, yeah. Never seen Aerosmith. I would love to mm-hmm. have seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was permanent tour. I have no idea why I remember that. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Because I was, I mean, I was young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that for yeah. some reason. That's amazing. Have you taken your daughter to any concerts? No. Um, I mean, for two years, I've been afraid. To go into major crowds, yeah, you know, just because of COVID and everything else. Yes, yes, and then also, you know, she was so young. Yeah, of course. And, um, but she is like her mom. Um, She is drawn to music, drawn to all kinds of music. Um, She can hear music. Like some people listen to music. Not everybody can hear it. Kelly's a lyricist. Mm-hmm. So she is drawn to the song from me. how it makes her feel from yeah. a, from a word standpoint. Yeah. Not me. I don't. Great example. I sent her, uh, there's a, a Silk Sonic and, and Bruno Mars album that just came out. Really funky, really poppy. Yeah. And I sent her something because I like the way it made me feel in the car. Of course. And she snaps back <laughs> or something back of the quote of, you know, it was something about Vegas. So, of yeah. course, there's some questionable lyrics in there and she goes of course you like it i said no i said it's all about the way it made me feel when i'm listening to it yeah i could care less about what it says uh so for me driving because i'm a percussionist Mm -hmm. i play drums yeah uh so i hear things a little bit differently than you know and obviously you relate to that from being a pianist um is there any instrument you wish you would learn to play that you haven't i played around with a lot of them um i didn't have formal lessons um with any of the others but I love to play guitar. Um, just picking on that. And then, of course, a harmonica, yeah. because everybody around yeah. me played a harmonica. Um, I wish I would have learned the banjo, because it was, it was, always, it was all around me. Yeah. Um, my grandfather would sit on the porch, and he called it picking, I guess. Um, I could have learned, yeah. but for some reason I didn't. Um, That's yeah. I really like the saxophone. I wanted to play saxophone mm-hmm. in seven before I started. That was my that was my instrument of choice, but yeah. I had an overbite. Yeah. So they did not recommend it. Obviously, right, because it would, it would, yeah, mm-hmm. it would have been horrible. Uh, so that's when I pick up percussion. But for me, violin or the cello oh, or the center bass, I think I would have. I'll, now I don't have any time at all. <laughs> Barely have time. I've learned something new now, uh, more or less, picking up an instrument. And I don't yeah. know if I've got the dexterity. Yeah. That I would have had or, you know, yeah. so it would be different. Um, do you consider yourself successful? In which realm? You tell me. <laughs> your personal. So your personal? personal? Your personal bar for success. So when you think of success, mm-hmm. just do you, I mean, it can be, it could be personal from, from the home mm-hmm. standpoint or from the business standpoint. So it's just something that we've asked everybody. Of course. Answer's been a little bit different. So it's really how do you define success and are you successful? Yeah. How I define success, 
is am I happy on my own terms? Money's easy. Money comes and goes. Um, but being happy on your own terms, living the way you want to live without worry that it is not the way everybody else lives, um, I am at that point. Like, it used to bother me. Um, people would say, if you do everything, you can't be good at anything. Not true. <laughs> I've had a couple tell me that too. We need to stick with one particular thing. And I'm like, I can't have all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. Because if that basket falls, I'm through. I'm a creative person. Yeah. So I create. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, that doesn't face me anymore. Um, I used to get the questions. They would say, do, well, do you have any time for your family? What do you think? Um, because what happened, I think, through a lot of when I took, um, when I took two different roads and somehow married the two, um, people were, it was not okay. I needed to pick a lane and stay in it. Um, but I don't do that. And so trying to fit in became impossible. I stopped going to dinner parties. I stopped going because I, I was tired of, of the questions. I was yeah. tired of the guilt that I felt sometimes when they would ask those questions, especially the family question. And then one day I woke up and I was like, seriously, I'm a great mom. My daughter is my world and she knows it. Um, I'm great at real estate. I help a lot of people when they get in a pickle. That's sort of my specialty. Um, and Sugar Bell's doing all right. So I'm happy on my terms. No one tells me what to do. No one makes me get up and go anywhere. I don't have to be anywhere. And that, to me, is success. Perfect. That was a great answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to give one small business owner mm-hmm. some advice, what's the one thing that you would give Somebody says, Jeremy, I'm, I'm starting a business. What do I need to know? What's the one thing you would tell me? Now, that's really hard because that is one thing I'm so passionate about and could talk for days. Um, okay, the first thing that popped into my head, I'll go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. Do it yourself. By yourself. For yourself. Don't take on debt. If you have to start digging things out of a dumpster, do it. Start small, stay small, and don't go into debt. That is, I'm so proud of that. I think that it's a lot of the business stress that people have is because of debt. And yeah, do whatever you have to do. If you have to work a couple of side jobs to pull in money, do it. Who cares? Do what you have to do, make it work. That's perfect. Well, Sherry, I appreciate you coming in. Oh, it was thank exciting you. to talk to you. It's always good to talk to yeah. another business owner. It is. You know, yeah. I, th- I think we all kind of. Yeah, I could literally sit here and pray hours on hours and discuss. Um, so we appreciate you coming in. Absolutely. Where can everybody find you at? So what's the website? Um, ShopSugarBell.com. Okay. It's not Sugar Bells. <laughs> 
It's Shop Sugar Bell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. Same. Absolutely. We have a TikTok. And a TikTok. I don't tick or talk, but <laughs> my girls are really good at it. And I and I consciously, well, I follow you guys, yeah. obviously. And yeah. then I'll, I'll purposely, if I see it, I'm going to, yeah. it's not, I'm not your demographic, obviously. Yeah. But I get the love when, when I need to. Well, we you know we try. Yeah, we yeah, try to sure. keep it lighthearted. Yeah. And, and I'm careful. I don't let it get, you know. Yeah. No, it's great. Pressure. I love seeing it. And, you know, the motivation, your... Mm -hmm work and your progression has motivated me to to you know to kind of emulate what you've been in the community so i appreciate you that's such a huge compliment. for who you that's are and what you've done for the community and it's okay. you know it's, it's great thank you so, right thanks everybody we appreciate it we'll see you again